Zack Snyder sucks. Welcome to Bonehead. Aw, I mean, there's Dawn of the Dead, and then there's, what's the other one? I didn't hate Watchmen. I just. There's Watchmen in 300. I'll give you Watchmen in 300 and a half of Dawn of the Dead. Oh, no, I I actually think Dawn of the Dead and 300 are better than Watchmen. Overall. I I like Watchmen. I I think Watchmen's pretty, as as close. You got two thirds of Watchmen. Have have y'all seen Army of the Dead yet? No. Get back to me. Well, that still doesn't affect Dawn of the Dead. It's just a different kind of zombie movie. Yeah, I, yeah, can, I'm going to give him props. I, Dawn of the Dead gave me nightmares. It, it was fine during the movie, but that night I had a couple of nightmares, actually. It's, we could do it. Hold on, time. hold on, hold on. James, shut up. <laughs> yes, sir. You have given me shit for years that Shocker gave me nightmares. But our, Dawn of the Dead... Gave yeah, Dawn of the name? Dead and Blair Witch Project are the two movies well, Blair, that, yeah, that Blair got Witch. to me that night. I mean, it wasn't necessarily that I was scared during the movie. It was <clears throat> later, whatever it was, it was in my subconscious and got to me. I don't know if it was the imagery because it was different, man. I mean, when when uh, you just keep on reading, James. When uh, y'all let hey, me know we're ready to do when a Dawn show. Of the Dead. The problem. Hey, James, are, are, you, are you still shutting up? Yeah, he's still shutting up. Go ahead. Problem with Dawn of the Dead, Chad, <laughs> is it just shouldn't have been called Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it I was said, different. It's fine if they go do the running zombies, but I said, the I'm fact that it's Dawn a half-assed remake of a movie of a of probably the best zombie film of all time. And I'm not arguing with you. Dawn of the Dead. I enjoyed Ar- Dawn of the Dead, but you get back to me after y'all see Army of the Dead. I, I absolutely got, will. It's got so anyway, Joe, hold on, Jake, Joe, intro. What? <laughs> This isn't my fault. It's got Tig Notaro in it, right? Oh, yeah, but I didn't do any of this shit. Now, sometimes I'll go off on a tangent. This one wasn't on me. So, anyway, we are doing 1999. Now, we've done several. So, we're going to party like it's 1999. Absolutely. 97. I've got a cat behind me if you're, if you're watching us. If you're listening, there was that's, a cat behind That's a Marvin the Martian. That's not a cat. He's well, he Martian. got down. I was feeding beef jerky and he has a really sensitive <laughs> stomach stomach. So this this can't end well, right? I was feeding him be, seltzers with he's gonna shit a, through the screen door and never touch the screen later. Anyway, why a cat would just you know line up with the screen doors beyond me, but it's a phrase I heard growing up that I like. So 1999 screen door are we talking? I mean, if it's a big enough screen door, it doesn't have to touch any part of the screen door. That's true. Now, if you're a fan of Bonehead Weekly, and if you're listening to this, so we hope you are, you know that we have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that 1982 is not the best year for movies of all time. It was 19 what, gentlemen? Take it to 35. Chad's vaping. 1989, remember? No. <laughs> Chad doesn't watch our show. He barely participates. I don't either, but at least I remember that. I don't even remember shit, and I remember that. But as we were talking, we had a lot better memory, or at least we we thought 1989 yeah. had more yeah. bang for our buck, even though a lot of the classic cinema came out in 1982. The problem is because it does. Really, it, there's only it, six it, weekends of it, whereas 1989 like, had one consistent. And it did feel like, yeah, every time James would list off a week of 1989, we're like, damn, that's a good movie. Damn, yeah. that's a good movie. It just well, kept going. Even the Whereas, ones that flopped, we still yeah. remember them to this day, like UHF. Uh, Whereas 1982, 1982 was that lawnmower that wouldn't start. Right? Man. I mean, we went through weekends where we were like, what? No. 1982 is no. great for six weekends. 
Yeah. Can, yeah, can we I go mean, back to UHF and just talk about how Billy Barty stole that movie? Billy you know, Barty. I was watching it the Hold other on. day and I hadn't seen it in a long time. And some of the jokes were not landing for me. Hold on. Like Hold they on. did 30 years ago. You you met you mentioned Billy Barty. Billy Barty, God bless his soul. Or God rest his soul, little soul. John Why does his soul gotta be little? John Ritter says it in Bad Santa. Maybe if you watch the movie, you can get a reference now and again. See, the funny part is, for those that are listening, uh, he watches a lot of movies. All right. So we did that. We've done a couple others. I wanted to do 1994, but what I kept, re- when we would do research on these, 1999 kept popping up. And I was like, well, shit, I was in college. I don't remember 1999 being that great. And then I started looking and like, damn, there are a lot of great movies and there's actually yeah 1999 was horrible that's when we met (laughs) okay but there's actual there's an actual book written about it best movie year ever how 1999 blew up the big screen the book is by brian rafferty i just want to let give him a shout out i've never met him i've been cool if he'd been on the show did you invite it no i didn't invite did you read his book no i didn't read it so there you go (laughs) So maybe we should maybe we should look at both those issues and see if he'll do the show like well some of the reviews i said said his arguments were not valid but i did start seeing that across the internet 1999 is considered one of the last great years and i started reading some of the movies and i go man that could be the last best right before y2k right before the year turned to 2000 that we had cinema that we still remember today and it was and it was different there was some I, different kind of movies coming out that year yeah and i didn't look up any of the independent stuff for this one because i kind of wanted because i knew of some I, I've movies got a that, couple that i'm going to bring up as okay. we go because they're small films that didn't make a lot of money but, but they've got important people in them yeah and i you know i didn't like i said i kind of wanted to go in this a little bit surprised because i do know of a couple of movies that came out in 1999 and i don't i just i want to see this argument because i don't I can't recall how that was such a great year for, for cinema, but I might be surprised because I could only off the top of my head list off two or three. Dude, and, uh, it had Forces of Nature with Ben Affleck and Sandra Bullock. Don't oh, give man. Away that, my weekends. Don't give away my weekends now. I didn't say do, which weekend. But do we? Uh, should we talk about some other life uh, um, big moment events that happened in 1999? I've got a list if you'd like me to go through. Yeah, go ahead. Y2K was the first one off the top of my head. Y2K is, it was the big one, but in terms of technology, Bluetooth was invented in 1999. It first was announced um, after. 20 years later, they, it was announced that 20 years later, Joe would be looking at his fucking cell phone pissed that the battery's draining because of Bluetooth. Yeah. Or my headphones won't sync up. Um, MySpace became introduced to the internet, so that oh. that kind of changed. That began social media. So, good or bad, did MySpace really begin social media? I would say it did. How about ICQ? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. But now no, I'm talking. I know what you're, you're saying. Yeah, mainstream social media where everybody was in it, not just your average, not just your computer geeks i don't know what else to call them i was trying to think of when i got myspace keep going Chad. um spongebob squarepants premiered in 1999 may 1st Bob was older than that no 1999 i remember when it came when i watched it in college so each year is the same birth date as family guy i mean same birth year as family guy because family guy was 1999 yeah which is by the way y'all were talking about y2k i, and I, I to keep thinking you family. guys are making a very good argument for 1999 
Uh, uh, I was just gonna say, but you, well, y'all were talking about Y2K, and all I wanted to do was the line from Family Guy, the Family Guy Y2K episode. Will y'all please stop talking about sex, Jelly? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, two political things to note from 1999: Bill Clinton was Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton oh, was officially was-, was officially acquitted, and a certain a certain man who uh, went on to do nothing, uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, took over for Boris Yeltsin. In 1999. I don't actually think I I don't think I realized he took over for Yeltsin. I didn't. I thought there was somebody in between. No, I went Boris Yeltsin right to Vladimir Putin. Excuse me. I got a bit of a cough. And he has been in power ever since. Also, culturally wise, uh, America got its first Lego land in California. Oh, yeah. 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 I didn't know. I didn't realize it was a European tourist attraction before it was an American. Well, yeah, Lego started out in Germany, right? Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, before, it, now it's a relatively common conversation about end-of-life care, but we also, 1999, gave us the Kevorkian decision. Oh, did it? Yeah, where yeah, he was found uh, guilty. Yeah, yeah, where he was found guilty of second-degree murder, and I bring that up because now people can just listen to our show. <laughs> Timely. All right, let's start <laughs> hey! out. Oh, um, popular TV back then, too. The Simpsons, Beverly Hill 90210, Frasier, The X-Files, ER, Friends, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, King of the Hill, and South Park. One other thing we probably should mention, because it did have some impact on movies, indirectly, but movies that were already made, concerns about violence became a little bit more prominent because of Columbine. Columbine. Oh, was that 1999? That's 1999. That's another one of those cha- that uh, shared moments, shared events in history yep. that I rem- that I think. Well, everyone our age knows where they were during Columbine, right? Yeah, yeah. I can honestly say I do not. Oh, I was drunk in Cartmel. I don't know where I was on that. Uh, I don't remember. I could tell you exactly on another big important day, but Columbine, because I have seriously. You were in to- Cooper Hall. Yeah, I seriously tried to rack my brain as to where where I was, and I cannot the, remember. I very the, I remember very specifically. Two other things happened that are cultural touchstones. One being um, the a follow up to this failed music uh, festival uh, was held Woodstock '99. Yeah, <laughs> and um, also, and I didn't realize this: the last Checker Cab in New York City is retired. And they auction it off. It ends up selling for $135,000. So there's no authentic checker cabs left. The last one was auctioned off. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's get into it. What happened in the first week? What's the first weekend, James? Well, January 1st, we get two independent films. I'm assuming international films. I'm not sure. I didn't look these up. But Port Jima and, forgive me, Taiguni Adoba, uh, which was a drama. Those films combined made $6,000. However, we jump forward to January 6th. Yeah. And we get the film Private Confessions. Now, has anybody seen Private Confessions? No. No. Okay, so Private Confessions has a unique history. It was originally... And this isn't too uncommon historically, but definitely during this time period would have been it was a TV movie first. Okay. 
Um, it was directed by Liv Allman, written by Ingmar Bergman, Max von Sydow, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. It premiered as a television movie in um, 1996. They re released it as a theatrical film. The original television was a miniseries, and they cut it down to a theatrical, so they released it in America because originally I believe it was released overseas first. As a yeah, it's from it's Sweden. Yeah, which was Bergman. Um, but anyway, so it did get a U.S. release. Uh, it did not exactly uh, light any huge fires or anything like that. Because everybody talked like this. Hey, Vinderberg, they need to Do not insult Bergman, sir. Um, so January 8th, we get a film. And I, I looked this film up. I looked this film up because I was like, that's a great title. I am curious. Gentlemen, have you, either of you ever heard The Sticky Fingers of Time? No. The oh, Snake yeah. of Time. Is that, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Uh, the Sticky Fingers of Time, I guess now it's known as kind of a uh, a, a potentially lesbian-based film. It was not a huge hit or anything. But here's the plot summary. I was going to say the poster has two women getting ready to kiss. What, and uh, there's a backstory there. Let me get to it. Uh, okay. Here's, here's a summary. A writer, Tucker Harding, is hired to cover an article on the hydrogen bomb test, Nevada, 1952. While there, radiation mutates her DNA code and soul, spawning in her the ability to travel through time by force of will. Not long after, she is murdered by a woman from the future, Ophelia, intent on securing her own ability to time travel. However, before her death, Tucker travels to the year 1997, where she meets Drew, a failed writer who has been infected with Tucker's mutation <clears throat> since birth. Yeah, that's the plot summary. I just, I was like, "Yep, sticky fingers of time." Okay. Evil Doctor Floyd DDS is one of the characters in the movie. And so the trivia there, Chad. Why haven't we seen this? The trivia, I, Chad, that you talked about. Uh, um, you mentioned the poster. Here's actually what the director and writer said. Oh, I thought the joke was going to be the fact that one character was named Tucker Harding and another one was Ophelia. Um, Hillary Brower, who wrote oh, it, Ophelia, did not conceptualize the movie as a lesbian interest and did not market it that way. It became typed as such after gay fans approached her at festival circuits when it played the festival circuit. There you go. Sticky fingers of time. I'd never heard of it, but I was like, why not time traveling mutants? There's actually a line in it where she talks about creating her own prehensile tale. That quote from that movie got me going, I probably should check out that movie sometime. If anybody's a huge sticky fingers of time, tell us about it. Seriously, get on Twitter, Facebook, however you wow. want to reach out. I need she to also, know more about this. She film. also did a movie with Tilda Swinton and Jim Gaffigan. That's an interesting combination. Well, that's what I always think about when I, uh, well, you know, eat. Do you think till? Oh man, it's hard. Jim Gaffigan's so versatile. Actually, he did. What was the Netflix movie he did where his daughter wants to join Scouts? That's Amazon Prime, and it's um, Troop Zero. It didn't suck. I no, enjoyed it. It I enjoyed it as well. I've never movie. seen it. All right. Uh, so that was January eighth. So we are now a weekend, and we're not exactly knocking out of the park yet. January twelfth. They did a re-release of The Return of Ruben Blades, which is a documentary about uh, Latino music and him doing it's a crawl. I was about to say, go ahead, Chad. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's Ruben Blades. Well, good. I'm you uncultured sick. 
I didn't. Sick. He almost said swy, then moved into hick. You, so yeah, you're a yeah. swick. You uncultured swick. I, I've been. Don't called- ever be smirched the name of disorganized crimes, Ruben Blades. I'm sorry. Literally, it's 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 the training in me. If it looks like an English word, I I literally I should do better. I'm in education. I apologize, Blades. 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 or Blades. Ruben Blades. Blades. I said it. I've said it three different times. <laughs> I know, but I'll still get it wrong. I'm trying. Anyway, he uh, worked with uh, a lady really for three years and still never said her name right. I can't. I literally, and I mean to. I try. It won't come out. It's like all the good that won't come out of me. And how but the bad and the just, ugly come out every day. Yeah, every day. <laughs> oh, harsh. It's like all the good that won't come out what? of me. That nobody, nobody knows that. Nobody thinks you're that ugly, James. There. And eventually, I'll just turn to dust. And in all fairness, I was making a poop joke. Oh, thanks, Chad. You're welcome. <laughs> you anyway. don't look like poop, James. At least not the corny kind. Oh, I'm here to build you up, James. You're not that ugly. (laughs) Chad, can you do a quick IMDb check and see if there's a film called The Corny Kind? Because it seems like there should be, like about old vaudeville actors. I wonder if you watch that. Like if it was, oh, they're they're out of date, but they're still trying to make it. And it stars Don Knotts and and Tim Conway. Oh, man, that would be a great movie. Why didn't we... Let's build a time machine. Now, don't don't worry about how we're going to do it. But then we're going to go instead of curing disease or something. We'll just go make the hold on. This is a this is a joke for film freaks. The time machine will be able to, will be easier to fix than the damn third act. Uh, sorry, James. There is only the corny song from nineteen from two thousand eighteen. Oh man! Well, and then the second hit uh, after corny is Abby Cornish. <laughs> I would think she'd be in the corny kind. And Children of the Corn comes in third. Hmm. I will not go into the fact that the core is the fourth. <laughs> is, is Children of the Cornbread on there? No. They were banned. They were banned. I don't know if they're still together or not. I shouldn't speak for them. Joe, James, what's what? next? Um, so after that, after Reuben returned, <laughs> you returning that Reuben? Eh, it didn't taste right. Anyway, I just tried to I'll- suck on my drink without the top being up. That's how dumb I am. Uh, January 13th is another international film that made $9,000 at the box office. I'm going to miss, once again mispronounce this. Kustelov Mashinu? No idea. That's January 15th, one. we get the first set of films that people may have heard of. And actually, it's a pretty loaded weekend, though one of the movies is not overly good. Uh, we get uh, Val Kilmer in At First Sight. Yeah. Oh, get, shit. Never seen it. We get, I have. In dreams. Oh, that's a that's, flawed. Yeah, that's not a terrible movie. It's just it's pretty flawed. as hell. But yeah, look at what other Jordan. movies came out with that? So at first sight, in dreams, varsity blues. Oh Ugh. god, the Tim Couch story. Keep going. Virus. Oh, that's another flawed one that I enjoy. Although virus is more fun than uh, in dreams. And then there's uh, an independent film, Doctor Akagi. But the one I haven't seen, Dr. That I'm, Acula. And, and I'm kicking myself for not seeing it because it's a comedy, Blood, Guts, Bullets, and Octane. Oh. Written and directed by. Yeah, that's written. Joe Carnahan. Yeah. 
Well, if you're going to ask me, why didn't you pause? I've actually seen it. It's it's a it's a better student film at best. Well, it doesn't matter. It's Joe Carnahan. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure I'd be entertained. Like it may not. He's in it. He's one of the stars. So that's January 15th. That's a pretty loaded January. Yeah, January. I can't believe Virus and In Dreams just didn't kill it. Yeah, well, I mean, or each other. Uh, by the way, the one that would go on to make the most money that weekend would be Varsity Blues. Shocker. It was a hit. It was, a, it was yeah, a $54 million during its run. I mean, yeah, for a January a, release, pretty that's good. A, it's a, it was a hit, yeah. Next weekend. Uh, well, we get two uh, midweek releases, Giving It Up romantic comedy i've never heard of I only made five thousand dollars and the winners another one five thousand five hundred eight dollars um then we get to uh january 22nd um and again uh this is uh, the so i didn't look up the translation of this but it made almost two million dollars so it has to be something that some people saw it's a adventure film the title and again as chad is pointed out i suck at pronouncing things but it's uh bachiha ye austin no idea um so the other movies that came out i'm gonna do what i've been doing go with the ones that made the lowest and work our way up okay cool crime made so little money it didn't rank like they they it came out but they didn't even track it the other movie that came out that is uh what chad is fame whore <laughs> damn straight <laughs> buddy um, you can't even give it away uh tinseltown funny in my head tinseltown came out that weekend then getting to know you yeah. uh still i'm sorry my name is joe uh still crazy but the number one that came out january 22nd which went on to make almost five million dollars gloria Oh, is that oh, the that's one with Gina a, Davis? Yeah, it's um no, not Gina Davis, Sharon Stone, isn't it? Oh, is that the one by Sydney Lumet? Lumet, yeah. Yeah. S- yeah, Sydney, yeah, yeah. Well, what's the one with it, Gina Davis that has it's also got like a one name and she's doesn't matter. She's pregnant with James Gandolfini's baby, but she falls in love with uh back to Neil Jordan, that that uh, Irish actress in all of Neil Jordan's film. Oh, what's his name? Stephen I, I don't know. I was going to say, Gloria may be, if I'm pretty sure it's Sydney Lumet. That's like my least favorite Sydney Lumet. That is the least favorite Sydney Lumet. That's not, I don't know that that's much of an argument. Now, I agree with you that I've ever saw. I've seen most of them, I think. And I yeah, think, as have I. And the Gloria one, that, that's Sharon Stone trying to do like a New York accent. It just doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> she tries to play a tough New Yorker. Yeah, yeah, yeah it just doesn't work. And Sharon Stone, by the way, I'm going to is a good actress. It's just she's just miscast yeah. in that. All right, one weekend left in January to have films released. That would be January 29th. We get two films. One, the 24 Hour Woman with Rosie Perez. Ah, uh, Rosie Perez. If you've never seen the 24 Hour Woman, it's about her trying to work in, I believe, as television producer, but also be a full time mother. And, and how she juggles both of those, a 24-hour woman. Um, the other movie is the one that most people actually have some remember, remembrance or mem- memory, or uh, somehow I combine those to rememories uh, of She's All That. <laughs> that is all she. 
Oh my God. I've actually seen, I may have seen it when it came out and I just kept getting drunk and then would say, bitch ain't shit. That's my <laughs> sequel. Making a sequel called a bitch ain't shit. I've actually watched that right now. Can you think you can get the cast back together? <laughs> I don't. I just remember it's stuck in my head now for 22 years. Half caught going, bitch ain't shit. I'm going to make the sequel. All right. <laughs> All right, we're getting into February. Y'all ready? Actually, February has one of my favorite movies. Uh, The first week of February, February 5th, has one of my favorite movies. And I own both versions of it, and they're not at all alike. Uh, But I'll start with the lowest one that weekend. Making a total of $1,500, a comedy called Virtue. It doesn't seem overly funny. No, I've never even heard of it. Uh, Making $11,350, Pizzicotti. Pizzicata, P-I-Z-Z-I-C-A-T-A. No idea. Mm-hmm. Um, going up a little bit, dry cleaning. <laughs> I don't know what it's about, folks, but it made one hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, dry cleaning did go up a little this year. Thank you. Now, what was the movie, James? Uh, and then not okay, as much we, as two by fours. We're keep getting going, into Jeff. the. By the way, I've got to look at repairing a fence. I find I, it funny that I keep typing in these movies that James list, and IMDb lists them as nineteen ninety seven or ninety eight. Well, I was gonna say, I'm glad these have to up. be re-releases. I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of them were released internationally and they were brought over during the February, January and February. I meant to say that earlier. Uh, much like that TV, uh, the Bergman TV uh, movie got brought over. A lot of these were released other places. First. You're absolutely right, Chad. Thank okay. you. Um, the Last Days, the documentary, made half a million dollars. No idea. Uh, but Simply Irresistible would go on to make five hundred million dollars. I know the title, but I don't even remember who's is in that, it. Is that all the, I know oh. is, a, is a song. Simply irresistible. Yeah. I, a magical so cr- hold on. I gotta read the description. It stars Sarah Michelle Geller and yeah. Sean Patrick Flannery. Romantic a magic novel. crab works wonders for a terrible chef's culinary skills, leading her towards the man of her dreams. What the fuck? So it's ratatouille? Every time I get magic comedy? crabs, they just call them <laughs> crabs. And it's a problem. There's nothing magic about them. How did this get greenlit? I don't know. The crab did it. That's how crab. And Joe, do you know who directed crab it? People. Who? I'm so, I'm kind of curious if you if you know this name, Mark Tarlov. No. He, Didn't he uh, used pro- to do magic. <laughs> he produced Serial Mom, Christine, Cecil B. He he produced all of a John a lot of John Waters films. Cecil B. DeMinute, Pecker. Uh, but yeah. unfortunately, he also did um, uh, produce Copycat and uh, Joe's favorite spy movie, The Man Who Knew Too Little. <laughs> Is that Bill Murray's worst movie? Oh, no. What's his worst movie? Hold on. Let me make Man. a ton of people mad. I'm trying to think of Larger Mom? Than Life. <laughs> I think Larger Than Life slightly more fun than The Man Who Knew Too Little. I mean, don't The Man Who Knew Too Little is terrible. They're both pretty bad. One of the Garfield movies, probably. <laughs> oh, God. I finally saw the sequel to that. My kid wanted to watch it. I saw that with my father in theater. In a theater. But yeah, yeah The Man Who Knew Too that. Little is up there, but I don't know if it's his worst film. All right. What's next? The number one movie that would go on to make $161 million, and I've got both versions of it, Payback. I like Payback. Oh, I love Payback, man. 
but that's an interesting story about a movie that was taken away from a director and recut and reshot correctly and right? they are they are and they're two different movies they really are i own both of them they're o- both over here on the shelf it's two very different movies but people I mean, seem to that's one of those movies that went on to be successful that should have been a train wreck and are both versions entertaining i, I think i've only seen the studio version and man i loved it the, stu- I mean, I did. the studio it version has more comedy yeah and it, it's much more upbeat mm-hmm. um the, the so if you haven't seen the the director's cut or whatever they called it when they re- released it i bought both i bought it because i love i love payback i do too i really do of, james i'm right there with you man it's got a lot of one-liners in it that i really like oh, or actually the scene where and who's the actor the old older actor mel gibson shoots his luggage oh it's a uh, shit come on uh, uh um William Devane. Not, no, not Greg. Ah, oh, damn it. It's not William Devane? Chris Christopherson? No. no it's no, the other one. No. You're naming everyone but him. You're uh, not naming the oldest dude is in it the David, room. It's not David Pamer, is it? No. Oh, it is. Uh, uh, you're, yeah, I've lost me then. Oh, oh what's his name? He's also in the original. So all those Get Carter, all, they're all based on that book. Oh, what's that guy's yes. name? They wrote all the books. Palmer. Jason yeah. Statham was the first one to actually use the name Palmer, even though they're all those Richard stories. Stark is, uh, uh, he, it's Donald Westlake, but he wrote him as Richard Stark. Richard Stark, yeah. They, I know the scene you're talking about where he holds the, he has to hold the suitcases up, yeah. but I'm, I'm blanking on the, and it's, oh, I love, oh man. God, he's also in I, but He just, he shoots the luggage and the guy just goes, oh, come on, man, that's just mean. I'm going to beat the crap out of me that I couldn't say James Coburn. Thank you, James mm-hmm. Coburn. Oh God, yeah. Why couldn't I say James Cope? But anyway, uh, so if you watch that, the the it's a fun action movie. The director's cut is much closer, from what I've been told, to the book. It is not like spoiler, I guess. If if you uh, if you watch the the theatrical at the end of it, they get in the car and. Uh, he basically said over narration he says she promised she'd give up hooking and i'd give up killing people maybe we aimed a little high and that movie ends they're together the director's cut ends with him shot up passing out he's leaning against a a post (laughs) and they beat him but he killed them and it's literally him him passing out as he bleeds. So real quick, it's written and directed by Brian Hegeland. And you may know that because he has a hit or miss as far as his directing goes. But for a screenwriter, he won an Academy Award for... Uh, <clears throat> L.A. Confidential. L.A. Confidential. Actually, I thought he won it for Mystic River, but maybe I was wrong. Oh, he may have won for Mystic River, man. You're but right. he's, he's a fantastic screenwriter. He wrote Nightmare on M Street 4. Well wrote a draft before that but he and he directed a knight's tale for you all out there he also directed 42 which i like 42 very much and then he directed legend which is a uneven movie um so he he has a a storied past as a screenwriter but as a director it's probably hit or miss but that is one uh yeah payback i think that's his big first big budget directing film yeah it was all he directed before that was a small tales from the man i I love and by the way, James Coburn, according I didn't know to IMDb, James, James, go ahead. 
according to IMDb, James Coburn actually didn't take credit because he's actually in the in the one with uh, in the uh, original. Yeah, because yeah, there's so James, many of those movies. And James, I didn't realize we both had a, a, a that much of a love for Payback because I do I love that film. I've got both versions. If you if you want to borrow the director's cut, sometimes I do. So yeah, I will I, borrow I that it. from you. And uh, by the way, uh, this is completely off topic about 1999. Jay, Joe, did you see what Brian Helgeland's currently working on? No, I'm. I did, but I was trying to remember. The Point Wild Blank. Bunch. Oh yeah. Directed by Mel Gibson. That I did not know this. That's who needs to do it. Yeah, it's going to be violent as hell. Mel Gibson so, yeah. is a fine filmmaker. He is. Uh, you know, let's take you everything know, remove take everything, everything out i was thinking clint eastwood's birthday was yesterday and i was thinking i'm not saying clint eastwood said some shit like mel gibson did but i think mel clint for some odd reason clint gets away with a lot more than other people don't yeah so yeah no um but uh i was shocked by the i didn't know they were even remaking the wild bunch just like i didn't know there was a dirty works 2 coming who yeah. what there's a dirty works 2 coming? there is a dirty works 2 coming uh, i was listening to um uh, Kevin Hart's podcast where he was interviewing Bob Saget. They are currently working on it. Oh I God. had no idea. I love that movie. Uh, it's a guilty pleasure movie, but I oh, do. Dude, right here. Same. But movie. anyway, he Kevin played him. James Coburn played the character in Point Blake. I've been trying to say it for like 20, five minutes. I just want, just for a history lesson of everyone, if you ever get a chance to watch Point Blank, it's based, it's another one based on Richard Stark novels. For some odd reason, they always change the name of him. And then that one, he's Walker, but it's it's Parker. And then there's so many. In, check that one out. In that one, the villain is played by Carol O'Connor. Have you guys ever seen it? It has some of the same. If you oh, like those movies, uh, you'll like the humor. Long. If it's it's the same kind of humor yeah all right james let's What's keep next? going buddy all right so payback was the big february 5th went on to make 161 million dollars we get to february 12th one week later the lowest grossing movie i actually know a little bit about if i'm thinking of the right one party monster if oh with macaulay culkin macaulay culkin that was the lowest grossing movie that came out that weekend followed by if i'm not Nod- mistaken that was supposed to be his big return to acting yeah um followed by a a movie that went on to make fifty two thousand dollars. god said ah oh is that, that about her count i can't it's a, it's a one woman show what's her face uh, talking about her cancer okay because uh, oh. i didn't look it up uh guys we got to correct ourselves the party monster is actually the uh, documentary based on the that is about the true story of okay. that movie. Okay. That okay, movie good. didn't come out till 2003. Okay. I, I just, okay, cool. And it's so, one of those ones like um, it's uh, the, the, the movie with Macaulay Culkin was actually directed by the documentary maker too as well. So mm-hmm. there you go. I knew that didn't sound right to me that it came out in 1999, but go ahead. Okay. So uh, God said, ha, and then, Doing Julie, order. Julie, Julie Kavner. Julie Kavner's one lady show about her cancer is called God Said Ha. Sorry. And that's good. I, I said that helps. Uh, so, th- by the way, eight movies came out this weekend. So, Party Monster, God Said Ha, and then we get into Unconditional Love, the action movie. I don't, I don't know. Just, just let's roll through the ones we don't um, know. Uh, then uh, Wind Horse, which I believe is a kid's film, right? I have no I idea. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, and let's see. Then we go up to Tango, a drama 
then these three movies all made money this weekend. Um, Blast from the Past. Yeah. With Christopher Walken. Starring Christopher Walken. Only Christopher Walken (laughs) in that picture. He He plays plays all all roles. Alicia Um, Silverstone and Christopher Walken will play all the roles. (laughs) Not Brendan Fraser. My favorite Martian. (laughs) Oh, my God. How bad is it? I've actually only seen bits and pieces. Uh, Man, I haven't got all the way through it, so. And the number one movie, which is a movie that, quite frankly, I forgot existed, Message in a Bottle. With Kevin Costner? Uh, yeah, yeah, Kevin Costner. I've never and, seen it. Uh, it's, by the way, I didn't realize. It's, it's probably where this Nicholas Sparks thing started. 1999 led to The Notebook. Well, how else are you going to spend your nights in Rodantha? I've actually never seen Message in a Bottle. I've seen The Notebook, and I've seen Nights in Rodantha. I've never really read any of the novels by Nicholas Sparks. But you're right. It's Kevin Costner, Robin Wright, Paul Newman. Has anybody seen it? Uh, no. I Next weekend. No, Nick, no, no. Nicholas Sparks, He did he do that one with, uh, oh, Jesus, the guy from Twilight and who's actually becoming a good actor now? I don't think he was the a new Batman. Actor. Yeah, the new Batman. Never Robert mind. Madison. Uh, yeah, he wrote it. It was in a movie where the big, the big twist ending at the end is that he's uh, standing in the Twin Towers at 9 11. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, you suck. I've never Go seen ahead. it. Go ahead. Anyway, that Message in a Bottle was a big movie that weekend. Moving on to February 19th, I saw one of these films in theaters, and I'll let you guess which one. I was one of two people in the theater. Uh, the lowest earning was a movie called Sib which is a drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next lowest earning was Jawbreaker. <laughs> Some people love that movie still. I, n- I didn't care for it then, and I doubt that I'd care for it now, but that's one of those, I, that actually has a slight cult following. Office Space was yeah. uh, went on to make $12 million. <laughs> and the one that actually a lot of people love, and I, I respect it, uh, October Sky. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's based on a true story, right? But the kid yeah. guy went on to work on the rocket, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we we jump forward. Um, a couple independent films, such a long journey, came out on a Thursday instead of a Friday. On Friday, February 26th, there is a dump of movies. And I'm I'm saying that because there's just so many of them. By the way, the movie I referenced about 9-11 was not Nicholas Sparks. Continue. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I was, was about to say, I didn't know he wrote that. Yeah, wrote, and I, I just thought he wrote books. Lowest, <laughs> lowest uh, for the weekend of February 26th, eight days a week, uh, made $26,000. Um, then we get Historias de Hivir. I don't know. It's some international film. Just the Ticket made half a million dollars. Uh, let's see. 20 Dates uh, was a comedy, made $602,000. Wolves, which is a documentary, I assume, about fish. Um, and then going for, oh, School of Flesh. The School of Flesh mm-hmm. uh, made uh, $3.5 million. Getting into movies people may know, um, 200 Cigarettes. Actually, I did see. Another, another cult film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the other sister, the romantic comedy. Oh, is that the one with the mentally handicapped? Yeah, Juliet yeah. Lewis and um, oh, Giovanna Robisi. 
Oh, I remember that one. Oh, that one boy. is awkward. That one would not play today. <laughs> it didn't play then. Oh, that would and land about as well as Soul Man. And that is Gary, <laughs> and that is Joe's favorite director, Gary Marshall. Oh God, I and, think oh, man, Gary I'm Marshall's gonna... amazing. I just don't care for most of his movies. And I love Juliet Lewis, and I really love Juliet Lewis and Giovanni Ribisi. They're two of my favorite actors. And man, how they agreed to do that movie is beyond me. It even had Tom, uh, Diane Keaton and Tom Skerritt, for God's sakes. And Sarah. Tom, well, let's, 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 I like Tom Skerritt, but let's, let's give credit where credit's due. He's in Poltergeist 3. <laughs> That's true. He's cashed some checks. And I don't and know what Hector Elizondo was thinking. I would this. too. In all fairness, yeah, I was about to say, literally, somebody goes, We want to make Bonehead the movie. Now, it's not going to involve anything you all normally do. It's going to be about whales, but we'll give you. Oh, I want to. I've already got it. I got like a third of the plot. I, I really want to do it as a Christmas movie. Um, keep but keep going. So uh, we also get uh, Babar, King of the Elephants, Babar. Encounter in the Third Dimension, and another movie I love that so many people hate, Eight Millimeter. Yeah, I don't. I'm right there. I love Eight Millimeter. <laughs> I don't though. love it. I enjoy it. I it, to me, it's a gritty, odd film. What's funny is I watched it with a group of people, and they walked out and they said, "We all feel dirty." And I'm like, "I don't." <laughs> and uh, they were like, "What do you mean you don't?" And I'm like, "I don't feel dirty. I've never done anything that's in that film. What have y'all been watching that y'all feel now, bad?" I get at? it. There's a few movies that have done that to me. Uh, Crash, David Cronenberg's Crash, will make you feel slightly just cringy. And anything by Greg Araki, who was a filmmaker in the 90s. Yeah. Totally fucked up. Uh, what's the other one where everything's 666? That's the one I saw. I can't remember. It was the first movie Rose McGowan was in. Oh, uh, Generation A? Uh, Ge- yeah. Uh, the Doom, Doom Generation. Generation. The Doom oh, Generation. Oh, God. That, the, the, the hand and the licking. and the, Yeah, oh. the Doom Generation will give you a little bit of the creep. I remember that coming out in the 90s, and I, I was so, such a cinephile, more than I yeah. am today. And I thought I would not let Greg Arecki in my room. No, yeah, I watched, I watched, I watched that <laughs> alone. Like he's already there. He's, he's already, already there. there. He may be a nice guy. I don't know. So what's I watched, the next? Go ahead. I watched, uh, the, I'm Greg I watched, Rocky. I watched the Doom Brief. Generation with a friend in a high school <laughs> well yeah we were in class and we had nothing to do so we watched the doom generation and i afterwards i'm like why did you show me this the question but, is what kind of high school were you in where that was available you all know my level of intelligence if well that, that tells doesn't have news. anything to do with it <laughs> all right james what's the next week uh, james I'm not, real quick i tried to look up that one james mentioned encounters in the third dimension and all i got was robbie the reindeer and close encounters of the herd kind <laughs> Well, that's a much better movie and a much better title. Um, so, eight millimeter was the big hit. It went on to make ninety-seven million dollars, which is pretty good considering. Damn, that, that is pretty good for nineteen ninety-nine. I didn't realize it made that much money. Yeah, well, I mean, we're still in the kind of peak Cage era too, right? Cage in with King Phoenix, both. Um, so we get into March now, and I didn't know all these movies came out against each other. I saw one of them in theater, and it is not it, the one that I, it's not in the top two that came out this week. March fifth, we get Six Ways to Sunday, uh, whatever. Um, Dance Maker, 
Yeah. Lock, stock, and uh, two smoking barrels. Ah. Uh, Cruel Intentions, the number one movie at the box office. Analyze this. Well, Analyze This was a I humongous. I, you've never seen it? I know. I've seen it since. I did not see it in theater. I preferred to go see Mickey Blue Eyes, sir. <laughs> That's sad. Uh, I, oh, saw, hey, I saw James. Seriously? I saw Analyze This. and a story about how and why I saw Mickey Blue Eyes, but I'll tell you another time. Analyze This was, is well, actually, it was a really good comedy. It was. I haven't seen it in a long time. Don't watch the sequel. No, Analyze Every, That. Everybody cashed a check on that one, but the first one's pretty good. And that was, I guess that was Harold Ramis's last big, huge movie, right? That he directed. I mean, there would be a couple of movies after that, but I think that was his last huge like blockbuster. Yeah, because uh, the Ice Harvest, even though, yeah. I like the Ice Harvest. Yeah, he may, may have made a better movie, but that was his last big one. Oh, and so, and getting back to changing things, lock, stock, and two kids smoking barrels. What are you guys going to call that? That's uh, that launched the career of two people, Guy Ritchie and the guy that produced it, who went on to become a fantastic director that I can't remember his name now. What is it? It kind of also gave us Jason Statham. It gave us I mean, Jason Statham. Nobody over over here on the other side of the pond knew that. It's it's a lot like it's a like a hyped up ver- British version of Pulp Fiction in a sense of yeah, you know, it's a, it's a black comedy. Place. Yeah, it's more of a comedy than Pulp Fiction. Not that Pulp Fiction. Oh, no, yeah, comedy, yeah, yeah. I agree. It's more of a this, comedy. It's more of a comedy, it. but I love, I love. Well, and it has an entire scene where they have to translate from Cockney. Yeah, he gave me yeah. the most ping pong diddly, and, and you're just like, well, yeah. And I yeah. remember watching it. I, I I caught it in theaters somehow, and then not really being. I like. I obviously got it enjoyed it but then watching it again at home and being able to actually oh, okay yeah i guess kind of piecing together how everything fits together because it really is much like pulp fiction it's three or four different stories but then they interact yeah i tried to show it to my father who hated it because he goes they use a lot of language and he, <laughs> by the way if you know anything about my father he was fine if you killed somebody on screen every three seconds that was fine but language, language was like that's also gave us Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones, that's true. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Too, Tony. And we would well, uh, that was his character in Snatch. Yeah, but I was gonna say, and we would see them work together again in Snatch. And I know uh Guy Ritchie just did a Jason Statham film that just came out, and I hope it's half as good as Lock Science Two Smoking Barrels or I don't think Wrath of Man is uh yeah. I don't yeah. know. By the way, oh, I want to I want to go back real quick. You mentioned we kind of bypassed Six Ways to Sunday, and I looked it up. I kind of want to see this movie. It's it's actually got a pretty high rating, and it's, it has an amazing cast: Norman Reedus, Adrian Brody, Deborah Harry, Debbie Harry, uh, Isaac Hayes, Jerry Adler, Vincent Pistori, Clark Gregg, and Paul Lazar. I mean, Jerry is, Adler. Hmm. I mean, it's got a, a lot of money. It's got an insane cast. And the director, he is mostly Adam Bernstein. He is known, mostly known for TV, but he did uh, direct uh, House of Buggins, so he automatically gets a pass from me. House of Buggins. <laughs> James, let's keep going, buddy. Not to be confused with the House of Buggins. March 12th. March 12th, gentlemen. Another movie where we just had, uh, I'm sorry, another weekend where we had a dump of movies. Uh, going through this quickly. Lois Erner, the comedy with friends like these. I say that often. Um, Harvest. And then we get the Harmonists. 
wildfire feel the heat <laughs> uh let's see i want to do these in order so this, okay we're getting into movies people may have heard of wing commander yeah oh uh, god dollars. that By is a way, terrible again, movie I've talked about how the video game I loved and I don't see how you can do the video game with Mark Hamill, do it live action for FMV <clears throat> scenes and not do that in the movie. But anyway. Real Wing quick Commander. about, you know why the, uh, there was a ton of people who went and, no, it wasn't Wing Commander. It was another one. Sorry, keep going. Wing yeah. Commander was the lowest earning and went on to make $11 million. It was beat out by the deep end of the ocean. Anybody? Anybody? I don't know. Is that what Treat Williams? And it's somebody a dies. I think yeah. a kid dies. I think Treat Williams is in that. I can't remember. It's a Michelle Pfeiffer and Treat Williams, maybe. You're right, Jan. Joe. Got it. The, yeah. About the, the death of their film, kid. The action film that beat it went on to make $15 million. They're corrupter. No, I don't remember that one, oddly the, enough. The horror film, The Rage, Carry Two. Oh, I saw that in the theater. That's a terrible movie. Oh, the, the last shot of that's really cool with the cracked mirror and set the that's all I remember. That's a bad movie. I actually like The Corrupter. It was a it was a Chow Young Fat movie with Mark Wahlberg. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, I mean, it did okay. Uh, he lost out to The Rage Carry too, but the uh, the the Rage lost out to what we can all agree is a movie that defined the gestalt of '90s cinema. Baby geniuses was the top earning this weekend. <laughs> Went on to make twenty seven million dollars and spawned, I think, three sequels. Two sequels. Baby geniuses. I know one. I know one sequel. It's directed by Bob Clark. Yeah. yeah. Baby Geniuses it. beat out the Corrupter. By the way, Joe, the Corrupter yeah. was directed by James Foley. Oh, I've never seen. I've never seen it. It's it's. A, I remember really really enjoying it, but I'm a huge Chow Yun Fat fanatic. So, well, that and Marky Mark can't go wrong. I can't believe Mark Wahlberg is still a star. Anyway, I, keep going. Yeah, who knew, right? I don't shit. shit I, I don't. don't shit I don't bed. get it. I don't. To me, he has no charisma. But obviously, I have no charisma. So who am I to start shitting on Mark Wahlberg? Well, maybe if you start doing, I like him in Ted. I like him yeah. doing comedies. He, I, yeah. well, you know what? He's in one of my favorite action comedies. What's the one with him as the assassin from the nineties? Oh, the big hit. The big hit. Okay, so Mark big Wahlberg hit. is great in comedy. Big hit yeah. and Ted. Um, and Spencer Confidential was okay. Never saw it. So we're now we're you all ready? You ready? Yeah, yeah let's keep going. Oh. March nineteenth. We're already going to have to split this up into two episodes. Yeah, March nineteenth, folks. We get another dump of movies. About eight movies came out this weekend. I'll start with the lowest. Sparkler. Anyway, okay. <laughs> I uh, bought some last year. They didn't work. Burn your damn ear fingers off. Uh, Michelle and Zihan. I don't know what that's about. Uh, then our next one is, let me make sure. Oh, uh, The Empty Mirror. The Empty Mirror. I don't know that one. Uh, Ravenous. That's another cult film. It only made $2 million in theaters. So. That's because no one watched it. It's got a great set. Thanks, you, Joe. Is that a theater's box office income works? Thank you. It's got a great soundtrack. Well about, um, well, about three or four million people at least watched it. Uh, the King and I uh, was released there. And then you get True Crime. Is that the Clint Eastwood one? Yes. Which is, I don't, I, yeah. it's, I don't it's think not I've ever a, seen it. I, I have seen it. If, if, it's the one with, uh, is it Clint yes, Eastwood Larry. and, Kim and uh, Jeff Daniels? No, okay. no, that's Blood. 
That's blood work. Blood work. What, I would say, is it? This Kevin is the one Costner? with Dennis Leary. Oh, what's the one with Kevin Costner? Where he takes That's a perfect blood. world. Perfect world. I'm sorry, I confused it with. I'm what sorry. the hell do I know all these? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But anyway, that that I'm pretty did sure not, true crime is the one with Dennis Leary. Made sixteen million dollars. It gets beat by the romantic comedy Forces of Nature. Oh, boo! That's I told you. Week. Told you. Huge. Are we? In, we must be in March twenty first. You're getting close. Uh, 19th, March 19th. That's yeah, that it. would be the reason. Is I read some meme or something. It's like not River River Voyage, whatever came out, and I looked it up as forces in nature. It's like son of a bitch. All right, we're to March 26th. We're getting close oh. to one of those epic films. Oh, yeah, this is a big week. This is a big. Uh, I don't know if you can get more epic than cor- the corruptor. You mean forces? This of is nature. a pretty big weekend. No. In I actually saw forces ride. of nature in the theater. This is a bit pretty big. Uh, uh, weekend in its own right. March 26th, you get Meeting People is Easy. It's a documentary. Among Giants, a romantic comedy that nobody saw. Um, and then you get A Walk on the Moon, drama. Mm-hmm. The Mod Squad. Ooh, I never saw that either. I never uh, ever it's, watched it. It's I, not I, good. Somebody rented it and I watched it, but I can't tell you anything about it anymore. Doug's first movie. So a Nicktoons uh, yeah. movie there. Yeah. Went on to make $19 million. But a movie that some people actually name as a movie that was a pretty big hit that nobody talks about anymore, Ed TV. That well, that wasn't a big hit. That didn't do. It's one of the Ron Howard's failures. But it that and the Truman Show. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. All right. But I didn't and realize. Then, I thought Ed TV came out after I, the Truman. I really Show. did. I thought it came out after too. I thought but it was clearly a- it didn't. It came and went before. Well. And then we get to March 31st, which is only five days later, but they released three films on March 31st after that March 26th glut. Those three films would be the action film, The Underground, which was the one that we all remember from that weekend. Uh, But then the film 10 Things I Hate About You, which I did see in the theater. I did too and enjoyed it. I did too. So it's a well-made film. It is. Actually, on the soundtrack, it's very well, well acted. Very well, it's 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 got a great cast. It's very well acted. Yep, but this other film that nobody ever heard of again called The Matrix happened. Also, <laughs> I don't know. Well, let's you heard. let's pause for a second. The Matrix am, blew everybody's mind. I am really shocked. I thought Wing Commander came out after The Matrix because the Wing Commander just pretty much ripped off all the Matrix's effects. So I thought, well, okay. Well, the difference is the Matrix does it well. Yes. Yeah, and what I mean, and, and I, I don't mean that negatively. Well, I do mean it negatively yeah. if you're a huge Wing Commander fan. But if you let seen the Wing fan Commander, decide, yeah, if there's if a if there's seen, a fan of the Wing Commander that listens to this show, please let us know so we can make fun of you. Now, if you're a fan <laughs> of the game, I will defend you because the games were good. I will defend the Wing Commander game. Okay, Mark Hamill, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That being said, think about the scene. The scene I remember from Wing Commander where they do that stop bullet time thing. Yeah. What is he? he's falling backwards in a chair there's nothing cool about that like oh look watch this guy fall backwards in a chair in bullet time yeah, Nobody cares. Really it, matrix did it so well that's where let's tell you could pause i mean i walked out of that thinking i'd saw new cinema and what yeah. i mean by that was it was a revolutionary what it, it it's chop suey we talked about that for glenn's show in the sense of I'm going to chop sake. Chop sake. I'm going to change the definition for me a little bit because I was familiar 
with all of the different ingredients, but it's the same thing with Tarantino. I'd never been familiar with that recipe. And I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. this is a terrible metaphor, but I, I mean, we saw these Hong Kong wirework films. We saw this, we saw, but it all came together Ooh. into this beautiful, beautiful, just, just great. I'm, I'm trying to think of the, I, it's hard for me because no, it blew my I, mind. It, well, it kind of blew my mind at the time. Well, did, no, I, I was well. going to say, I will, I will agree with you. I think that's one of the things about the Matrix. Like, I grew up, uh, William Gibson, cyberpunk, all right. that, you know. Yeah, the, it's all that, in there, right? It's, it's there, but, and we had tr seen movies try to, uh, heck, quite frankly, Johnny Mnemonic starred Keanu Reeves. They had tried to do something like that there, and it just didn't work. Strange days. Strange days. What we finally yeah. got in the Matrix was somebody took that this exists in literature. Yep. And now, either through technology or better casting, and I'm not knocking the cast of those films, other films, all of that stuff. Now, now we can fuse it together and we've got some. Yeah, we and, got Free Jack done right. <laughs> well, we had bullet time. We had all the what we would consider fantastic Asian wire work that yeah. they'd use in movies that hadn't really been incorporated into this plot that was revolutionary. And don't think about it too much because it starts to just kind of slip away the more you pick but, at it. But I think the reason that's so works, different. Well, and I think the reason it still works though, even when you pick at it, is uh, Joey Pants. Yeah. Which, by the way, I was going to say the other day, I saw online. Uh, Robert Picardo was hanging out with Joey Pants and they were walking in, in a national park. And I was like, oh my God, how cool is that? Joey Pantoliano, yeah. yeah. Joey anyway. Pants for his friends. Well, <laughs> not, not us. But, <laughs> well, I'm not, but I don't think he'll see this. So I'm going to, anyway, no. Uh, but even when you pick at, there's that great scene with him and spoiler, if you've never seen The Matrix, he's going to turn coat. He's going to turn the humans in. And he has that great scene where he says, I know this isn't real but it tastes real and that's all i care about yeah Look, he wants the reality and he would have been in bound he was in the wachowski's first movie bound so he's the one holdover into that part so yeah the matrix i mean it was huge let's talk about another thing that the matrix did and i'm trying to look it up because i didn't know i didn't realize i forgot this came out in 1999 um and i'm pretty sure this is true but the other imp impact ma the matrix had on cinema is it increased the amount of DVD sales. Oh, yeah. DVD yes. player sales, because when The Matrix came out, the DVD was still in its infancy. Yes. And then all of a sudden, The Matrix came out, and you would go into stores, and that would be playing on every monitor saying, yeah. look what a DVD player can do. And the special versus features. Versus VHS. And plus the special features. Yep. And the Everything of. about it, even the chapter list, uh, everything. See you would see those people with a slow where they take away the elements of the bullet time when there was, yeah. you know, pause down. So if it hadn't been for the matrix, granted, we would not still be in VHS hit, but it definitely sped up that process of going, why do I want to get rid of my VHS player? Holy shit. This is what this new technology can do. He's absolutely right. So, I mean, um, I, I had a DVD player probably earlier than most of the people I knew, but you're absolutely right. It was just, it, it was everywhere and everyone had a copy right yeah yeah was, uh, sure enough yeah it does it, it, they're the first article how the matrix was pivotal to take up the dvd format so yeah it 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 increased sales greatly so yeah it, it came out at the right time 
for every reason. It's definitely a revolutionary film. I think one of the problems, and Tarantino talked about this, when The Matrix Reloaded was coming out, it was coming out the same time as Kill Bill. And he was worried about it because he loved The Matrix. And he was worried about his action film going up against this one. And then he saw Matrix Reloaded and he walked out and was like, hey, ain't got shit on me. And in a sense, he was right. I mean, yeah. Kill Bill is a better film and the sequels do let you down a little bit. And his argument was is that's one of the few occasions where the sequels actually kind of diminish the original. I don't know that I completely agree with that because I still, like you, like we've said before, Stephen King, the, the originals are over there on the shelf, but it doesn't, it doesn't build that world in a better way. No, but it is it a Highlander. It is a Highlander to it either. No, it, they're not awful and they're fun. And the Matrix Reloaded has that great three-way chase scene with the two twins. I mean, there's yeah. some great stuff in those. And it, that was one of the first movies I ever saw where uh, Matrix Revolution, was it Revelations, Revolutions, whatever it Revolution. was. Yeah. <clears throat> where I said, oh, that's what a mech warrior fight battle suit should look like. Yeah. This right? is a, uh, I, I want to quote, uh, I'm sorry to keep hammering this in but um this is a quote from the from variety about the matrix dvd sales the dvd's performance signals that studios can generate considerable profits and sales by releasing a dvd dvd title day and date with its vhs rental counterpart so the matrix ad had a huge impact all right so april 2nd so my march 31st april 2nd we get four movies they don't do well but well because they were still competing against the matrix matrix here's the four movies some of them played pretty well against it but following uh only made two hundred forty thousand dollars the dream life of angels never heard of it one million seven hundred thousand dollars uh then you get cookie's fortune i like cookie's fortune now, is that the one with what? Uh, it's, uh I thought. Peter Falk? No. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, uh, it Well, no, I am sorry. I was wrong. It, it does have an all-star cast. Of, it's it's uh, directed by Robert Altman. Um, Glenn Coase, Julianne Moore, Liv Tyler, Chris O'Donnell, Charles S. I've never seen it then. Ned Baby. Yeah, it's a great film. It's, a, it's all about the, this very small town. And an old woman's death causes a variety of reactions across the town. So it's all about this town dealing with this one woman, Cookie's death. Um, it's a great film, it's, especially because it's one of those slice of life Robert Altman films that okay. I always love. Um, and then the one that did go on to do okay, but not great, making $28 million during its run, The Out of Towners, Steve Martin, Goldie oh, God, that John is John Cleese. It's a remake. Yeah. Neil Simon. All right. Uh, what, that's ready? right up there with what is the other one? House Sitters? Uh, oh, House Sitter. Um, I preferred the Sinbad version of House Sitter. It may be better. I don't I, know, but it I may be better. I, I don't remember the other one. I do uh, remember the Sinbad version, though. Uh, anyway, April 9th. Metroland. Anybody? Anybody? Mm -mm. Feel it? No. Okay. Metroland? Metroland. Um, then we get Foolish, the comedy. Foolish, anybody? Nope. Nope. Nobody remembers Foolish? No. I had a friend that loved it. I, I can't remember anything about it off the top of my head, but I figured one of you would be like, oh, Foolish. 
no. and take it. And now, now nobody did. And I feel foolish, mm. um, foolish, by the way, for those of you that are hip to the scene would have been, uh, Dave Myers directing master P and Eddie Griffin. Yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Sorry. I was trying to culturally aware. <laughs> anyway, that made $6 million, but it did not make as much money as go. Nah, that's another one that was right up there with 200 cigarettes, right? Black comedy, yep. It's another still, still rolling, it's still rolling on from Pulp Fiction, and it's one of those crazy ensemble casts. Yeah, yep. yep. Doug Lyman, wow, mm-hmm. that was his follow up to Swingers. And then we get the movie that I know Joe probably saw multiple times in theaters. Never been kissed. Oh, I did not. Lord. Made did fifty-five not. over fifty-five million dollars. Yeah, it was a, it was a it was a hit. Yeah. So we got. She's all that and never been kissed in one year. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's and they would not green light, bitch. Ain't shit. <laughs> oh, you heard me. I'll say it again. Next weekend, James. Never not been kissed. And, if and by the way, if there's ever if there's ever a reason to have a female on the show with us, this is one of those. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Nine movies drop on April 16th. Let's I did not, I didn't, sorry, I didn't realize Never Been Kissed was directed by Raja Noswell. Gosnell. Yeah, I mean, if it was Scooby Doo. Yeah. Scooby Doo. Anyway, um, April 16th, they drop nine movies. Now, Matrix is still plowing on. Keep that in mind. The nine movies, some of them don't do well, not shockingly. They are Clubland. Yeah. Uh, Gene and the Perfect Guy. Uh, the Joy Riders. Uh, let's see. Uh, an international film again. I'm sorry. It's Shishila's High Pie Car. No uh, idea. And um, I want to pause about one because I only made $300,000, but I'm pretty sure this is a pretty, was a, has a cult following, I should say. I only $300,000 in theaters, but S- SLC Punk, if I'm not mistaken, that, that would be Matthew yeah. Lillard. Yeah. And. Uh, Oh shoot! Who else? I forget who else is in that. But um, it's, yeah, it's Matthew Lillard and um, Annabeth Gish, Christopher yeah. McDonald's in it, Devin Sawyer, Sawyer, Jason and, Siegel's even in it. Yeah, Jason. Uh, I saw it, and I, it is. It has a cult following now, and uh, for the life of me, I don't get it. Well, basically, isn't it about two punks who are the only punks in their small town? Yeah, in the conservative Salt Lake City. Yep. The reason okay, you don't like it is because Matthew Lillard stole that microphone from you. <laughs> you know that doesn't have anything to do with it i'm not i i keep going back because uh, matthew lillard's one of those actors i should like and then i keep reviewing his history of villains i don't like him in anything <laughs> i i'd love him in things i don't know how you could hate matthew i never never have he's in, it, he's and, good and at joe makes a joke about the fact that he got pissed at me yeah did he say See, was i don't think that was a joke 13 ghosts i don't think that was a joke Oh no no he was pissed at me. <laughs> I think it's a good story. Yeah, I don't no, think no. It was he, a joke. he was he was legitimately they were drunk. pissed at me. Yeah, I don't give a shit. But no, I just I, it's it has nothing to do with that. Him and don't... Skeeter were drunk. <laughs> I anyway. take that back. I, I take that back. I like senseless. <laughs> All right. Uh, I like Matthew Lillard in certain parts. I mean, yeah, obviously, I just... obviously he's been very good for Scooby Doo, but I, I yeah. like and I, I just, like him in 13 Ghosts and a few things, but no, I don't. I, and in Scream, yeah, he was, Scream is one of those movies that's perfectly cast. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So anyway, other movies that came out that weekend: Friends and Lovers. Hmm. Not to be confused uh, with. I'm more Goodbye. interested in Friends. Uh, not to be confused with Goodbye Lover, which also came out. Uh, but make it, which made almost two million dollars, but making almost or two and a half times that. I'm sorry, hideous, kinky. No idea. I, I've heard the title, but I can't tell you what it's about. Uh, that being said, probably the movie that did make some money that people do know made seventy three million dollars. Life with yeah, Eddie Murphy. I saw that in theater. Then I must have been yeah. going in more. Had must have been seeing a lot of these at the dollar or at the Friday night free. Yeah, yeah at the the university cinema so if you went to moorhead state university not that anybody's going to know this back in the day on friday night there was a one cinema one theater one screen one, one screen, screen one screen and you got in for free on friday night with a with a moorhead id um okay so now we're to april 23rd this is another weird weekend man um how to start no I know anybody? Yes. Okay, no. Uh, La Cucaracha. No. Okay. Tor Truffaut. No. Yeah. Uh, the Mighty Peking Man, as mm. in Peking, the location. No, All right. The movies that ducks. people, the movies that people might remember, uh, would be Existence. Existence. Yeah, I, I struggled. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I I, no, I think I, I might have accidentally watched that with with I'm, Chad. By the way, I looked up the Mighty Peking Man. I don't know which one I'm looking at because it says the Mighty Peking Man came out in 1977. This is a horror film. So well, it got know. lost. It, the boat got lost on the way over. <laughs> they finally made it. They had the one print. And they okay, said, yeah, this, this isn't the same one. King Kong goes Hong Kong as a giant Himalayan beast tries to save sexy Russian Tarzanette from a sleazy showbiz promoter. <laughs> I don't well, know. That, but I you, want to see that picture. I let's, uh, the, uh, that's a Halloween. We need to be watching yes, that. Film. Yes, Mighty yes. Peking Man. Mm. And, and we'll, guys, you, I, I, you all need to see the poster. It is it is everything that that description said. It. <laughs> that sounds oh, awesome. Man. Why are we not making these films? Because nobody pays money anymore for movies. Oh, that's true. Unless they have a superhero or they're animated kids' films. Well, isn't the Mighty Peking Man enough of a hero for you people? Not according to Marvel. I tell you. Oh, that is a pretty epic poster. You're right, Chad. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> it's amazing. Anyway, uh, Mighty Peking Man, existence, uh, existence. Existence. Yes, thank you. I keep putting the emphasis on the wrong place. That's a it's kind of Cronenberg. It's kind yeah, of yeah. a semi, not really follow up to video drone and has a lot of the yeah. same kind of. I, I, what am I trying to say? What's it's, the word? It's, it's also another play. It's kind of Matrix esque, but not really. Yeah, know. I mean, I doubt that Cronenberg had seen Matrix and was yeah, no. I think it was just probably the flavor in the water. You know, just what was going on in the water at the time. But that's got Jennifer Jason Lee in it. It's not. It's not a terrible movie. No, if you love not. Cronenberg, check it out. I don't. I'd actually recommend Video Trauma over it though. Um. So I, I wanted to bring that up though because you're right. I wanted to br- uh, you to talk about that because. There is something in the water because yeah. obviously the Matrix had just came out. This had already been done. We're going to see that happen again in a little bit. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. It could be directed um, by Kurt Wimmer. Uh, but that only made about three million dollars. It was beat out by the romantic comedy Lost and Found. Lost and Found. Anybody? Lost no. Found? Oh my God. I, is that go the ahead. one? No, I'm trying to think if I know which one it is. If it's not the truth about cats and dogs, it ain't shit. 
Does it have a different name, James? Because Lost and Found is not showing up. Well, uh, well, we know what happened. It wasn't the second part. Um, they got the loss down. Yeah. What? Anyway, let's move on. Um, what's the next I mean, movie? Yeah, sorry, I should have looked at Lost and Found up because I thought some. It's election. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize election did this well. It made eighteen million dollars. I don't, I don't remember it doing either. that well either. I, you know, so that's directed by Alexander. But <laughs> I can never remember his Payne. name. Alexander Payne. That was his follow-up to Citizen Ruth, correct? Yep. I saw Citizen Ruth and I saw Election. I actually liked Citizen Ruth slightly better than Election. All right. Yeah. I mean, good. I, that's just my <laughs> opinion. I don't really have a lot. I mean, Election is a really important uh, movie to a lot of people, but I, yeah. I, there's, I like other Alexander Payne films. My favorite one, Sideways. There, there was a a mid uh, week release after this week. I wanted to talk about. It. By the way, it I, did I, not make you any talk, money. I, I, oh, my ahead. favorite's Nebraska. Go ahead. Oh, Nebraska's uh, good. There was Nebra- a, a Nebraska's good. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say it, but <laughs> I have a special place in my heart for Sideways. Um, there was a midweek release, so the one I wanted to mention in passing, I uh, nobody saw it. It did not make a lot of money. But I want to mention it because I got to see it live later on, and it was, it was never the same. Show. Al Holbrook's Mark Twain Tonight got a theatrical release. They filmed one of his performances and released it midweek. Did not make money. Um, Is that where he forgot his lines on stage? What? I don't know. <laughs> hey guys, I'm having a little bit of an internet connection problem. Let me pause real quick and see if I can get. Oh, it's because I was typing in the and and not the symbol for and. That's it. That's how I figured out that too. Yeah. So anyway, what uh, what you're wondering, what you came back into the middle of, since nothing really changed, Lost and Found was the David Spade movie. That's what we were having difficulties. Oh, okay. I never. And the only that. reason I watched it is because I had a crush on Sophie Marceau at the time. I thought he was going to say I had a crush on Artie Lang at the time. I do have a crush on Artie Lang though. See, I'm more of a David Spade guy. Like I know he's going to talk down to me, but I kind of enjoy. It. I like um, David Spade. I like his stand up. I do too. I like you know, David also, Spade. you like to be spit on and called. Should I, should I come over there? We make out, James. Yeah, I mean that's fine. All but right, I'm on my once way. Once again, you have to talk <laughs> down to me. That's the only way I know how to do anything. All right, so we're to April 30th, and again, people they dumped a ton of movies. It's just amazing. Um, I, I'm just going to try again, starting from the bottom. Heaven failed at the box office. It was a thriller, uh, suspense movie. Heaven did not do well. Uh, made less than uh, um, uh, made less than ten thousand um, dollars. So we moved from heaven to sorry. I'm putting my hand here to keep myself straight because there's so many movies that dumped this weekend. We get The King of Masks, which is a drama. We get Relax. It's just sex, which nobody ever says to me. Uh, so- Safaroche, never heard of it. And Edge of Seventeen, the comedy. Um, I remember the name, but I don't remember the movie. I don't either. Uh, uh, we also get Get Real, the comedy. Mm-hmm. We get Joe. By the way, uh, the, the, ed- the Edge of 17 is not the Edge of 17 you're thinking of. This was the one about a teenage coast with his sexuality on the last day of school in 1984. Totally what I was thinking of. Uh, we get Three Seasons, the drama. Yeah. We get The Winslow Boy. The drama, which I assume is about one of those Winslows. It's that about Michael Winslow. 
Oh, well, I was saying Family Matters. Wasn't that the Winslow family? <laughs> You're no um, Michael Winslow. We get Island of Sharks, which was a documentary about sharks that went on to make $11 million. It's pretty, pretty impressive for a documentary. Yeah, I mentioned Joe's favorite movie, Idle Hands, came out that weekend. Oh, I saw that in the theater that weekend. I think I was on a date. And that movie, somehow or another, over time, I haven't seen it. Actually, I don't think I've seen it since the night it came out. Has gotten somewhat of a little bit. Most horror films do, though. They kind of stick around forever. That is that Devin Sawa in that? Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, Seth, Seth Green. Green. I, I saw it on a date, too, and that's the reason I can't watch that or Ransom. I don't remember the date, but I remember that movie and that, geez, I thought it was just shit. I, I probably need to rewatch that someday. Uh, yeah, by the way, Seth Green makes fun of himself all the time for that movie. Like every every Blue Moon on Robot Chicken, they'll do a fake sequel to it. Um, that being said, I don't know how you saw that opening weekend when you could have saw the movie that I saw that came out this weekend, Entrapment. Jones and Sean Sean Connery. I didn't watch the Entrapment till months and months and months and months later. I don't think you know all those scenes, James. She there was a stunt double. It wasn't her. I I didn't watch it for her. I watched it for Sean Connery. By the way, that's not too much of a joke because you know Sean Connery had done The Rock and I Bond, and he was a Bond that my parents loved him as Bond. So that's the Bond I grew up with, even though he had stopped bonding. He is Bond. He is Bond. But um, I don't know. I've been showing the films to my son, and he's like, I kind of prefer this guy talking about Daniel Craig. And I'm like, why don't you shut your mouth and go back to your Well, Daniel Craig is the most versatile actor probably to ever play James Bond. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Layer Cake. You ever see that Layer Cake? That's a good movie. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Entrapment, by the way, went on to make I'm sorry. He doesn't have anything on uh, the accents that John Connery can produce. (laughs) All right, Sean. You're Sean Connery to- is maybe the biggest. I don't know. Spiel, Spielberg said it, and I don't know if I disagree. He's probably one of the biggest movie stars of all time, though. Yeah, he can do whatever he wanted. Like, and if you could get him, you could get him. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. He was in some turkeys, but Sean Connery is one of the biggest movie stars of all time. International movie star Sean Connery. People are going to know who that is. Now, by the yeah, true, in, in any culture. Matter of fact, so much so that if you could get his son or his brother in your movie, it helped them. Yep. Neil Connery doing Agent Kid Brother. It was re-released under a thousand different names. I mean, it still made money in the 70s because he was Sean Connery's brother. Anyway, so that ends April. We get to May. Now, May has a film... And by the way, I mentioned this briefly. Entrapment made over $200 million. I, was, I, I forgot. I didn't realize it was that big. Damn. It, yeah. Uh, so May, uh, when, when police do it, it's called Entrapment. When I do it, it's called Blackmail. <laughs> um, May 1999, there was a movie that came out that at the very start of May that I literally can remember. I was working at the time and there was a... Uh, uh, one of the employees that I was working with, their son, came in and was like, I don't care about this Star Wars coming out. <laughs> it's exact word. Uh, this is going to be the movie everybody's going to be talking about this summer. And he was not right, but he also wasn't wrong. But I'll get to that in a second. Because May 7th, we get these films. Uh, Zizou, The Sent Down Girl. Yeah. This is My Father, both of those yeah. dramas. We get The Castle, the comedy. 
Uh, we get Swing, the musical, which nobody saw. Uh, Revelation, but probably most importantly, kind of launched its own genre of action horror, The Mummy. Yeah, it did. That's what he was talking about. That's what he was talking about. He went to see The Mummy, and it, it literally, and now he was about 14. But I can remember he came into where she was working and said, I don't care about the Star Wars. This movie is going to be one people are going to be talking about. And he I wasn't wrong. I still say that movie is nothing without Brendan Fraser, though. I mean, no, if he no. wasn't in it, that movie would suck. Uh, no. Yeah, he's good in that. I, I can't take anything away from him. I love the character actor. I forgot his name. He was, I mean, because that's Steven oh. Somers. Andre, Aunt Voslo. Not, uh, no, Voslo. not. Yeah, not the actual mummy. Uh, oh, the the sidekick, the brother, her brother, the oh, brother. From, yeah, from four weddings and a funeral. Uh, no, you guys aren't even getting close. <laughs> no, the actual villain. He played not the actual villain, but the one who ended up. He oh, oh, you're talking about okay, Kevin J. O'Connor. Kevin yeah. J. O'Connor. Oh, Kevin J. O'Connor. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great it, right? in that. Yeah, the yeah. mummy. All right, I'm going to defend it a little bit. I don't. Think I had. I had. I, like I had I it. Know. Well, I think people shit on it all the time, but it's. People is there's just. Uh, it's a yeah, when you, adventure kids film that lifted heavily from a lot of things going from, but it's a kids. It is kind of a kids movie, right? Well, but yeah. but, but I think the problem is I think when you went because, to see the mummy, you didn't particularly want to see. But I don't think people wanted to see the mummy either. Like I. And I say that, let me, let me, let me catch yeah. that a little bit. I showed my kids the original universal horror films and they watched them all and they liked them all. But if I said like every blue moon, my son will say, I want to watch the Wolfman again, or I want my daughter loved the invisible man. Well, because it's hilarious, but it's also I mean, it's dark kills, as hell. He kills more than any other universal monster. He now, kills the entire. But train. am I right? Isn't it yeah. hilarious and dark as hell? That's yeah. another James yeah. Whale movie. I mean, James yeah. Whale directed the three big ones, right? Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, and Invisible Man. But but what I was gonna say is, if you <laughs> watch the original Mummy, not the sequels, not the mashups, mm-hmm. the original Mummy, it does not move the fastest. No, it, and it, it really has very little Mummy. No. Yeah, it is. I mean. And that's not a slight toward Karloff. It's not a slight toward anybody. It's effective for what it is. But I don't think you could do a scene-for-scene remake of that and get people in charge. But why is that the one they always pick to start off? It's the one there. It was the one that Tom Cruise is going to do as their dark universal whatever. Why is it always that mommy? Yeah. Why? I think it's because of that, right? If you remake Dracula... Oh God! You're gonna have to. I mean, stacking up against Bella Lugosi, I guess that's gonna be a little bit know. hard. I don't you do know. Frankenstein, you're gonna get compared to Boris Karloff. But even though Boris Karloff is also the mummy, but you don't get that comparison. No, I guess Karloff I, is Karloff is the monster. It's always Karloff the is, one they go back to. He is, but he's not. So I, I think that, I mean that's my, if if I had to guess, that's why they're because, fun movies. I actually yeah. don't think I've ever seen the third one. I, I have, uh, I, you know, I've, I, the one that I've seen the least, I've seen all three of them of the main mummy line. The, the mummy linked film I've seen the least is the Scorpion King franchise that spun off of it because yeah, everybody, remembers, one of those. everybody saw all the Scorpion King, but isn't there like two direct to video ones or three? Yeah, there's several. There's several. Yeah. 
Which, by the way, you go back and look at the special effects for the Scorpion King's premiere and the Mummy films, and God, those are awful effects now, aren't they? Yeah, I know. But Stephen, that's another, it's interesting to me, one of my my guilty pleasures, and I always, my favorite Stephen Sommers film is Deep Rising. That was a huge bomb, and he ended up getting the mummy out of that. I always find that fascinating. That was his next picture. Yeah. Well, and so anyway, I I do think, though, the mummy is a film that, uh, again, I don't know. I, 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 you say a lot of people don't like it, but I, I think a lot of people. Don't you still, all think a lot of people like, eh, what a piece of, you don't, you don't think a lot very, of geek, film geeks like us hate on well, it? Well, but, but it's one of those things that, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I can't remember the exact words, but I guess I'll, I'll, I'll just Captain Jack Sparrow it, but you have heard of me, right? Yeah, I, mean, I agree. I agree. I'm not made not, $420 million. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's a kid's adventure film with the mummy in it. And funny, the funny thing about the that one too is, you know, the Matrix still to this day, those effects hold up. Matrix, the mummy, not so much. No, no, but you don't. And there's scenes in it that, if you were playing that as true horror, wouldn't work. But since it's a horror comedy family film, like I love, and it's 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 straight out of Star Wars too, right? Yeah. Han Solo running after the guards when, quite frankly, all they have to do is turn around and pop him. Yep. Same thing. The, the you know he screams at the mummy the mummy screams back at him whatever that what it, it i haven't seen it in a long time my kid works, may it, watch it he may like it um, and by the way i kind of like the i didn't i didn't think the tom cruise one was awful either i know i i watched it my entire people thing, shit on it and i just like yeah it's all right it's, it's pretty good i enjoyed it yeah. i mean it's, it's not great but i'll disagree with both of you on that one i thought it sucked well, and there, no, no. some some of the banter in it is great but that's well, about it. My yeah. problem was I wanted more Russell Crowe. Like I, I got to the point where I'm like, oh, Jekyll. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't need it. I don't think the movie needed him. So, well, maybe I'm I'm split there because I'm like this, that's the only thing that I'm sad that we're not getting the world that they were building as they were going to build it because I'm like I want to know more about what he's got going on. <laughs> I mean I know what he's got going on because I can learn what a name means. But um, anyway. All right, uh, let's keep moving, James. Yeah. James. So the week of, and I'm, there's two weekend release, uh, weekend or uh, midweek releases, but I'm going to put them all in one week. So the weekend Go of May it. 14th, your options at the box office are uh, Iris Blonde, Layla, uh, Endurance, Hack Hap, Wanda Rafu Rafui, Tea with Mussolini. That I've heard of. The yeah. underground comedy movie, which I remember being sold on VHS on television because it didn't make a lot of money. Um, but the ones that were kind of bigger was Trippin', which made $10 million. But the one that was the uh, breakout hit, I guess, of that weekend, not really a breakout hit, it made $25 million. A Midsummer's Night Dream. Okay. I mean, so, yeah. Is that the one with Michelle Pfeiffer and Stanley Tucci? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, and then May 19th, nothing happened and the year was over. Star Wars Episode 1 drops. So can I talk about my experience for this real quick? <clears throat> yeah, just made $1 billion, so there you go. Right. Uh, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Everybody already knows that. I, I was working for my dad that summer and went home from school, and I actually asked for the day off. And I don't even remember giving him the reason for what it was. What it was is I wanted to go see the first showing that day, the first day. 
yeah. I couldn't go the night before. I don't even know if they had a screening because <clears throat> it's a small town. And I remember going to that and I, I bought the screenplay at a Walmart two days before you could just buy the screenplay, which makes no sense to me now. They had the, and I refused to read it. And I watched that movie and people stood up and cheered at the end. And I was so disheartened, just killed inside that this was even called star Wars. And I went home immediately and read that screenplay thinking I, it, it could have be me. And then realized, oh, this is shit from the get-go. And I'm sure that screenplay was just whatever the shooting draft updated, whatever, to make it look like the movie, right? But it See, was I so bad. I was so mad and sad. Both. I was so, I was sad. See, I watched it alone. And I love Star Wars. I wasn't at the height that Joe was. I've never been that height of Star Wars fandom, fandom as Joe was. I love Star Wars. I'm just not that level. But I watched uh, Phantom Menace by myself, and I'm like, did I miss something? I don't get this. Is this supposed to be good? Is this really where we're going with this? I, I didn't understand anything, any of the appeal. And it's then that's when, I, when I, that's when I started hearing about, oh, this is terrible. I'm like, okay, so I am not the only one who felt this way. Because I just, I've watched it, and I wasn't disheartened. I'm just like, Man, this I, is terrible. I had waited a long time and it was, you know, I was there opening night for all of the re-release <clears throat> of the trilogy and most of the new scenes didn't really bother me too bad. I was just happy to see Star Wars in the theater because yeah. I, I, I didn't get to see on it. A big screen. Screen. On I know, a big after, screen. After I saw it, I was in a car with some, some former acquaintances from high school. We were driving to Louisville and that's all they talked about. And I had to sit in the back and not say a word because I did not get it at all. They were going back and forth about all the, what, 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 the, what the sequel was going to be, what this was going to be. And how none great, of it was and, correct. They didn't get any. Oh of it. no. All of it. Like the whole thing about attack of the clones. They thought that Obi-Wan. Yeah. A lot that, of people that thought was, that. Yeah. And I was like, uh, and it was just going back and forth and I'm just sitting in the back going, that movie sucked. What did these people see in it? And I still, to this day, I don't, those who defend it, I just don't get it. I've got I've watched it a few times. I have grown more. Uh, uh, yes. I, softer I, on it. I, I've gotten softer on it. I like scenes in it, Yeah, but overall it is a mess and it's it poorly is. written. Yeah. And poorly John, acted. George, Lu I said, John Lucas, George Lucas <laughs> should not have had the full control that he did, but he's that powerful of a person. It's poorly acted and poorly written film. Well, and, yeah. and I think it's Red Letter Media or some company like that actually has that three hour yeah. where they tear it apart. But they have footage of him, which I'm sure was on, where it's after a screening, he's shown it to some of the producers and stuff, and he even looks up and goes, we tried to do too much. Yeah. And, I remember and, that. And that's, that's honestly what it feels like. It, it's because you're trying to get that political intrigue you're trying to do and i think that's well i'm gonna be honest um so i liked star wars as a kid i always loved star trek star wars i liked and then i yeah. got to see star wars on the big screen and it did change it for me because when they did the re-release and i got to see the, the, those battles are different on the big screen. it's just different watching yeah. it on my old 27 inch yeah whatever tv and television room. yeah it was 
But then you saw on screen, okay, yeah, I can imagine in 77 what this would have felt like. You didn't mm-hmm. see stuff like this. Yeah. Your, your space scenes was somebody hung up a, a black sheet and poked holes in it so it looks like stars, right? Uh, and then this was this came out. So I appreciate it more. That being said, let me tell the opposite side of the story that you all have told. James Thomas profiteered off of this nonstop. I was in Lexington at the time. I had went away to college, and it was my freshman year, and I didn't have too much going on. And so I guess it was in February or something that the toys dropped, and Toys R Us, which was a store that used to exist, announced, we're going to be open at midnight for the release of all the Star Wars merchandise. And I literally was working, I think, night desk at the time. And so I didn't go on till 4 a.m. So I was like, I'll go before I go to work. And so I went to uh, Toys R Us, and literally there was this lady at the door. She was on her phone. And it was, she had a cellular phone, which at that time meant she had. But she was on her phone. She goes, what do you mean point .00s? Look for the point .00s. And it, you could flip over the action figures. And even though they all had just came out, some said point .00, some said point .01. It was the original painting or the touch-ups. Mm-hmm. And if you could find the ones that had there. So I literally went through Toys R Us, overhearing this lady on the phone, and just picked up two of every action figure, making sure they were all .00. I then bought them and drove my happy butt home. Yeah. And listed those things on eBay. And I made about four times what I paid, which is how I paid off some debt. I'll be honest. I didn't do anything cool. I would love to say, and that's why I lived in Aruba. No, (laughs) I paid off debt. I paid off some of my student debt at the time. (laughs) And so that's kind of my experience with it because I watched it and I was like, meh, but I wasn't furious. There were things though that structurally, well, say whatever you will about the Space Wizards movies. Um, th- those original three films hold up and follow some sort of logic. It's much like The Matrix. If you pick away at it, it gets eh, right, right, right. But my problem with the first one is so we see Jedi, and, and Lucas had said in an interview that I watched before I watched it, you're going to get to see Jedis when they're Jedis. Mm-hmm. His argument was, you know, when you see Obi-Wan duel with Darth Vader, these are two old men. Mm-hmm. One of them is severely battle damaged, hurt. The other one's old and out of practice. And, you know, he said, so you're going to see, and we got to see that. We get to see Jedis moving fast. They actually use that force speed. They do all that stuff, except, you know, when they need it. And that was what got to me. I was sitting in the theater going, wait a second. Earlier, they could hold their breath to get through gas, and they could force run. But then when Obi-Wan needs to help, you know, Qui-Gon, he forgets how to do that? He can't force run fast enough through all those beams? It, it felt a little... But it was a double lightsaber, James. Which is was cool. cool. And that's what made it cool. Until he cool. opened his mouth. Why they well, never give Darth Maul a cool voice is beyond me. Well, and my entire thing. But by the way, though, I actually support that. We live in a world with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, if Mike Tyson walked in right now and said, I'm going to punch you, I would soil myself in fear. I don't care that he's however old he is now. He would hurt me. That being said, what does Mike Tyson sound like? Not the voice you would have seen. Angels singing. So all right, should we finish anyway, yeah, out so through May or June and then go to our next episode? I think we're close to an hour and a half. 
Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get through uh, let's get through June. That's the halfway point of the year, right? Okay. So May twenty, so May nineteenth, Star Wars drops middle of the week. These people decide to still release a movie that Friday. Uh, Besieged would go on to make two million dollars. Uh, Frogs for snakes. Anybody? I don't even know what that's about, but I'm curious. I like the love letter. The love yeah. letter was a romantic comedy that made nine million dollars. Olympia, and most important to me, Trekkies. Yeah. Trekkies came out. It's a documentary, and it's about how fandom works. It's an interesting counterplay to what was going on with Star Wars that week. So I give them some credit for dropping that. May twenty eighth, we get uh, five films. So we're now you know mm-hmm. ten days out from Star Wars release. Eternity in a day. The loss of sexual innocence, twice upon a yesterday, and the two big films, one of which is not big, but it again feeds into that what was in the water for the Matrix, the 13th floor. Yeah. Comes out that week. But That's a good film. the movie that goes on to make $363 million, despite the onslaught of a Star War, Notting Hill. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is odd. I'm just odd enough that that is the one Richard Curtis film I know it's written by him that I don't like. I don't like it either. Um, I love all the other ones. I love About Time. I love Love Actually. I love Four Weddings and a Funeral. You know, it was kind of funny. Um, I went to London shortly after this movie was released, and I went with a group of with a group of students and. You know, I I had my agenda. You know, I wanted to go to Big Ben. I wanted to see Parliament. I wanted to go all these Piccadilly Circus everywhere. Everybody else in my crew, all they cared about was, I want to go to Notting Hill and see where Hugh Grant lived. I'm like, that's your whole purpose for going on this trip? That makes no sense because, yeah, I guess it is Hugh Grant. For a split second, I was like, Hugh Grant said that? I forgot it was Hugh Grant. Yeah, it's Hugh Grant. <laughs> yeah, everybody was like, I want to go see where Hugh Grant lived and where he fell in love with Julia Roth. I'm like, there is so much more to London and that is all they were focused on. And that's another reason why I dislike this film. I, I want to see, I would have liked to see parliament, but I want to see him with George Clinton. <laughs> it is funkadelic. Yeah. All right. Next weekend, June 4th. Again, a glut of movies drop. I'll just go through them. Nobody. Strawberry fields. Yeah. Touch me. Limbo. Um, Asterix, the the adventure uh, cartoon, Buena Vista Social Club documentary went on to make twenty million dollars. Yeah, the Cuban thing, right? Um, a movie that, um, yeah, yeah, Desert Blue, Finding North, the romantic comedy, and um, one and a movie that we've had uh, the author on the show, Free Enterprise, came out yep. that weekend. And the movie, though, that made the most that weekend, Instinct. Thriller Suspense, $34 million. All right. Moving on. Everybody has any? Nope. Uh, the next weekend, I'm sorry, I guess the Friday, uh, Thursday early premiere is the movie that advertised itself with the great opening, <laughs> the the uh, backdrop of the, the, the cone slowly opening, very Star Wars-esque. With the opening narration of "If you see only one, one movie this film summer. this summer, it probably should be <laughs> should Star be. Wars. But if you see two films, it should be Austin Powers 
the spy who shagged, shagged me. me. Let's take a pause on that. You know what's fascinating about that movie, other than I love the movie and it was huge, is I had no desire to see the first Austin Powers. Got dragged to the cinema, loved it. I would not even know if that I was a huge Mike Myers fan, and that was a fairly decent hit. You don't realize later that the spy who shagged me made almost four times what the original Austin Powers movie made. It was, it was a cultural phenomenon. The movie came out on video and DVD, the first Austin Powers and it blew up and they got a sequel and the sequel. I'm almost positive. You guys look it up, made almost four times more than the original Austin Powers. It made $312 million. I think it's more than four times what the original Austin Powers, because Austin Powers was kind of a sleeper film, but it's kind of a sleeper hit. Yeah. It and blew it up, blew on, up on DVD. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it just had time, it had time to brew. And then by the time Spy Who Shagged Me came out, uh, everybody wanted to see it. It was good. And it was yeah. a good sequel. Yeah. Well, and, and by the way, I'm amazed. And I, at every blue moon, you'll hear another one's coming and all that. So I don't know how we're not, and just unless Mike Myers doesn't want to do it, how we're not drowning in more Austin Powers. Though. Love Guru none, killed him. Uh, by the way, Love Guru is not as bad as everybody said it was. Oh, I, I mean, James. There's a third of that movie that's watchable. Really? Oh, yeah. James. Really? No, no, yeah. I'm saying I, I agree with you. Probably Timber, a third of the movie. Third of the Timber movie Lake is, is pretty rough in that. But there's there's a lot of worse films out there. Like I, 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 there I are worse keep, films. The hockey puck shooting the other thing made me laugh in the cinema so loud. The animation. That's what I'm saying. I don't see how everybody because he got so much crap for the Love Guru, but I'm like. I don't see how it's kind of the same way I feel about Dana Carvey, Master of the Sky. It was meant to be a kids movie. The people who went in expecting it to not be a kids movie, I don't know what you were thinking. Like, Love Guru was not meant to be a kids no, movie. No, Love Guru is not, okay. but it also wasn't meant to be Austin Powers, right? No. And but I that's think the, everybody I think the problem was with that one, and you all can argue with me if you want. The problem was all the jokes that are in Love Guru are in Austin Powers. They just cleaned them up a little to make them. That's love one. Guru. That's Those one. Those jokes are still the same. There's that's one. Problem. I will say, and it's not overly. The fun. one thing, no, it's not overly, the one part. I, I laughed at a few parts. I'll give you that. I did laugh at the love a few parts of Love Guru, but probably the hardest I laughed is when they went into uh, the coach's office. <laughs> and everything is shorter. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, that was the best part of it. I, I, I I'll be honest. I haven't seen it in a while, but I just I was shocked <laughs> at how much. How many people attacked him after that came yeah, out? Yeah, I was kind of shocked too, but because I mean, I, again, it's not. No, I'm not saying it's his best work by any means, but it's it's not as terrible as so many people made it out to be. Besides, right. I just appreciate the line, the fact he keeps using uh, Mariska Hargitay as a greeting, and then yeah. Mariska Hargitay. Hargitay shows up. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know why, but that type of humor always works on me. Anyway, but Austin Powers, yeah, made 312 million dollars while there was still a Star War going. Yeah, it's a big hit. Uh, so the other movies that came out that weekend were not. Uh, just a little Harmless Sex. Uh, I, one movie, though, that I do want to mention, because I mentioned on the show before, Le Valot Rouge, The Red Violin. The Red okay. Violin okay, came yeah. out that weekend. $10 million. Um, and then Sif Tomb, which is another international film. June 16th, another Wednesday premiere, Tarzan. You'll be in my heart. Uh, anyway, uh, the Disney Tarzan. But oh, I didn't see yeah. that that weekend. I didn't either. Because on June 18th, I've never there seen were a couple it. other movies that came out. One of them was Straight from the Heart, the musical. 
Red Dwarf, uh, release of the British uh, in theaters. Um, uh, Lola Run, Run, Lola Run. Yeah. I didn't see that either. An Ideal Husband, didn't see that because I went and saw. Not an Ideal Husband. The song. Emulated it. The movie that begins with the traditional recording of Sea Lion Woman, The General's Daughter, which is a dark little film. I like the general's daughter. I do too, but it's a dark look. Literally, the I don't remember movie, anything about it. That movie ended the movie. James with Woods, John Travolta standing yeah. next to, um, oh shoot, uh, Madeline uh, Stowe. No, uh, Zephyr Cochran. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, James Cromwell. James yeah. Cromwell, thank you. Stand next to James Cromwell and said, "You, you wanted me to find out who did this. I didn't know I'd be standing next to the son of a when I did." Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's a great because there's nothing you can really do i didn't and realize so, it was directed by simon west yep the general's daughter is i mean it's not a perfect film but I, it did no. stick with me i do own it on dvd it is it's not quite payback Chad, but it's it's, it's i a, honestly i saw it i think i liked it i can't remember anything about it i think one of the things that stick in my head with it is it and eight millimeter both coming out that year was kind of this dark dark side of sex in films Mm-hmm. Because she, you know, the general's daughter is sexually assaulted and all that stuff, and and before she's murdered. Anyway, so run all the run. General's daughter came out that weekend. Now, J- Chad, or, I'm sorry, Joe and Chad. I meant to say, I know you're waiting for this because you're all waiting for me to mention June 22nd, which was when Space Truckers came out. <laughs> I watched Space Truckers this week. How's it hold up? Not well. <laughs> oh man, that yeah. movie. I had I had such fond memories of it, and I watched yeah. it this week, and I'm like, I wish I would have just kept those memories. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a mistake. <laughs> oh man, if but it had um, I didn't realize one of the villains was a oh god help me, uh, last action hero Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, he's the guy, and he has to like jumpstart his penis. Yeah, he has to jumpstart his penis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh man. You yeah, know, I haven't I haven't seen Space Truckers in a long, long, long time, and I don't remember any of what y'all just said. So square pigs, can... James. Square, square pigs. pigs. They're easier to haul. And, and you, you by can... the way, if you're going to buy a new, you don't pay for you don't pay. It was an extras. What is it, Chad? You're it's whatever oh. when you're buying a car. Oh, you don't pay for options. Options. You don't pay for options. That's what options is. What? Yeah, because they wanted they were like, you got a fridge? No, well, this doesn't have a fridge. That was an option. You don't buy options. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, by the way, that is also not a movie that you want to watch in 4K. You see the wires. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> is it kind of like? And obviously, I, I didn't even watch this in 4K, but you can see them in VHS. Cemetery Man. That's one of the only gripes I have in Cemetery Man. They made no effort to cover some of the wires that they used in that. Film. I don't remember. I need to see Cemetery Man again. I love Cemetery Man. I do too. I love it. I haven't seen it in young. years. It's it's definitely not a film you see because the special effects are going to be great. It's Nog. All right. What's the next June twenty fifth? We get the following: mostly documentaries, oddly enough, and Baby Makes Two documentary. Uh, hard. My <laughs> not son right the- now. Not well. <laughs> I'm I am a little bit after Square Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> My son, the fanatic. Regret to inform again the documentary. Shallow two. Shallow season. When Love Comes, which was a drama, Zone 39, all of these nobody remembers. You know why? They got smacked down 
by a man who made us believe that a water boy could be a football player and that he could play golf because he now was going to be a father figure. Big Daddy came. Daddy. Hmm. And by the way, I like Adam Sandler films as, as escapism. This is the one I'll be honest, I've never seen. I just didn't care. Like I've him, seen him it. as a water boy, funny, weird, entertaining, fine. Him playing golf and being angry all the time. Okay, that's fun. something about him being okay. I'm going to adopt this kid to impress a woman. I was like, I just doesn't interest me. It, I it, saw maybe it. because it's not outlandish enough for me. I'm not a huge Adam Sandler fan. I do. There, he is. He's. He has more talent than people who shit on him give him credit yes, for. Yes, he's he's just. He's just another one of those. Like God bless John Candy. John Candy was in so many turkeys. And Adam. Adam but if he was in it, it was better because he. Yeah, was in I agree. I don't know that I can say that about Adam Sandler, but no, Adam I Sandler, know. I can't. I can't say that. But Adam Sandler's been in a lot of bad movies. I being said, my kids. But, but like, a lot of them are successful. Well, as I was gonna say, my kids loved, is it Hoobie Halloween or Hobie Halloween, whatever. I never it watched it. I, I'm not saying you're missing anything, but we watched it as a family and there were a couple times I was like, meh, okay. I yeah. mean, it was something I could watch with them. Right. He, is, he is now in the age range. My kids are old enough where I'm like, oh, if it's, I mean, I'm not going to show them what's the, that, uh, the, the, the movie he did, the dark gritty one that he. Oh, uh, Uncut, oh Gems. Uncut Gems. Uncut yeah, Gems. definitely show of Uncut Gems. That's a great, great movie. <laughs> great, great family film to send them. Mm-hmm. Probably show them what not to do. Yeah, well, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, Big Daddy came out that weekend. June 29th, we get The Wind, which is a horror film nobody heard of. But more importantly, June 30th, two films drop. And they are two very, very different films. And I think this is a good way to end this up, the beginning of this. So, <coughs> we went through... We've got a Star War. We've got all this stuff going on. We've had some really great movies. We've got The Matrix shaking things up. Shag, baby. Yeah. You've got awesome powers. You've got eight millimeters darkness. You've got October Sky, which is kind of. You've got space and truckers. You've got this heartfelt film. You've got Varsity Blues, which Joe loves so much. You've got all these great films. What are you going to end June with and go into the July 4th weekend with? What possibly could you do? Well, you're going to need two very, very different things. You're going to go in with your big stars, and that means you're going in with Eric Cartman, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, and you're going in with Wiki Wiki, Yo Yo, Bang Bang, Wild Wild West. Oh, my God. Well, I miss Wild Wild West, but I did see South Park opening weekend at Fugits. both. And, buddy, let me tell you, the people with the kids getting up, at that it's, a, it's the second song, right? Uh, are you talking about the one about relationships with one's uncle? Yeah. Yeah. That's I think it's the second song, and that's when they started. Because, honestly, for the first 10 minutes of South Park Longer and Uncut, if you didn't know South Park, you think it's a kid's movie because they're going to go see a kid's movie about Terrence and Philip, yeah. And then you get to that second song and then people are, are, are doing things to their uncle and we're in the scene. You see people getting out of the Terrence and Philip movie and walking out. I watched that shit happen in real time at Fugit cinema and hazard. Kentucky. <laughs> it's stuck right here, buddy. 20 yep, years, yep. 22 I, by years the way, later. It- who did oh, no, and I was gonna say, and I remember reading it. I I remember reading an interview with uh um oh uh Trey Parker Matt Stone, Matt Stone. Right? 
Yeah. Yeah, and, and they said that they were pretty sure that some of Wild Wild West earnings was kids bought tickets to that and snuck into their. Family. Yeah, that's what they did. But yeah, that was pretty pretty solid. But in and of itself, South Park made fifty two million dollars. That's not bad. No, it wasn't a big hit though. Um, but it got nominated for an Oscar, performed by for the song Blame Can Williams, performed by Robin Williams, and I'll never forget him coming out uh, out with tape with on duct his tape on his mouth. Yeah. Uh, but Wild Wild West went on to make $221 million, which was sizable, but it wasn't the next Men in Black. It right. was not, it was not yep. as huge as they thought it would be. That's that terrible. Said, uh, well, you know, that being said... It I, does have a couple of good scenes, Jim. No, it does. I'm not... Dude. Everything, movie, everything with what's-his-face is Kevin pure Klein. gold. Kevin, any, any movie that has Kevin Klein, Ted Levine, and Kenneth Branagh in it oh, is going to have some... And Selma Hayek, of course. Mm-hmm. Everything but, uh, with Kenneth Branagh is gold. Yeah. yeah, I, and, uh, and Will Smith. I mean, any movie that has though that amount of talent in one film is going to have its moments. That being said, it's not very good. Oh, no, it's <laughs> a fucking mess. No, and I think that's, I think that's and, you know, enjoyable scene. Kevin Klein is one of my favorite actors of all time. I, well, well, I have watched that at least three times just because I know Kevin Klein's in it and his, his, him and Ted Levine make that movie entertain and Kenneth Branagh they all make it entertaining for me in parts so well I was gonna say and I think that's the problem it's 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 a disjointed monster Mm. in that it's not I mean there's parts of that movie that I like except they shouldn't be in that movie right I mean the 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 the, which Kevin Smith has a great story about that movie as well so you know it's just yeah in the making of it yeah and I think that's it because I think the wild wild west tv series I mean so my my family when they saw the because i watched it in theaters but uh my family didn't go to theaters a lot so when they saw it probably on dvd or uh, vhs one or the other um i can remember my parents going well that's not what the show was like and i was like no i don't think that's what they were aiming for like they took this idea that you know you've got artemis gordon building all this cool stuff and all that stuff and they made him you know a little i don't know different and 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 so i think that was one of the things was it was it was not what the for those remaining wild wild west fans that loved the tv show it was not what they expected yeah and it also wasn't what new people were expecting they were expecting men in black they were and they got this they got a little bit of steampunk in there yeah bit of mismatch you know bro comedy or whatever that's probably true that's probably where i started to get a little i maybe where i first started well i probably knew about steampunk before then but i'm not for sure but it is steampunk you are right it, and it but none of it met, meshed really well because you had and you had a little bit of social commentary he was a buffalo soldier and you had the history of that uh, but it just doesn't gel well together because they're doing too much at once and, and, and that being said obviously i've watched the film a few times Yep. And, and I'll be honest, a couple of the scenes that are terrible are also scenes that are stuck in my head. The back and forth between Will Smith and um, the Baron, yeah, as, as, as where they're going back and forth, and basically one is using non operational slurs against the other. The other one's making, you know, comments Ripple. about the other one. Yeah, it is terrible. And both of them are terrible for doing it. And we're both watching, you know, we're sitting there as the audience going, these are terrible people on some level. I mean, it there's it's just not even enough. Yeah. Uh, 
but anyway so that is how we end june and go into july for the main summer season but we have already as we said 1999 we've had multiple huge franchise films yeah. already all right guys well i not to wrap it up we're almost at two hours so we're gonna have part two where we deal with 1999 from july 1st on who i can't wait to see what was the fourth of july weekend i'll tell you what it's not astronaut's wife that comes later <laughs> all right this has been bonehead Grrrr. <laughs>